Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Gospel of Luke. Tonight, we're going to take a look at a parable that the Lord Jesus Christ has given in Luke chapter 18, and we'll probably spend a few uh, nights going through this. Uh, and at this point, why don't we just read the parable? It's Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And I'll stop reading there. Now, it's not that long of a parable, but it's teaching a very important, a very significant truth. And the truth is found right in the first verse with the statement, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's the point of the parable. And Lord willing, we'll go through this and see how it relates to our present time of living on the earth in the day of judgment. Now, one thing we can see right away is the setting of this parable. It's at the beginning of Luke chapter 18. But look at the previous chapter and what God was discussing. Uh, he, he was talking about the Son of Man in verse 25. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And in verse 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And and then God mentions Lot's wife. And um, in that night, two are in the bed. And one is taken, the other is left. Two, is gr- two are grinding at the mill. One is taken, the other is left. Two are in the field. One is taken, and the other left. And And that leads us right up until chapter 18 and and so the context is 
God's final judgment of um, the world of the churches at the end of time and then we come to the beginning of Luke chapter 18 and the Lord Jesus is uh, is speaking to a group of people uh, just as he was speaking um, in in the previous chapter we're not given um, any indicators that Christ uh, moved on or or that uh, he um, was speaking to a different group of people uh, he's it's as though he's continuing to speak and and so Luke 18's parable is tied it's it's naturally following the information that was given in the previous chapter concerning judgment day and 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 therefore it makes perfect sense it it fits perfectly with the idea of what god has been talking about that men ought always to pray and not to faint it, it could even be worded this way that god is basically encouraging his people to keep praying into the great tribulation throughout the great tribulation into the day of judgment throughout the day of judgment uh, keep praying while you are alive and remaining on the earth and you know the bible indicates that this phase of history spiritually no not not physically uh in in some cases it's true but for the most part, it spiritually, this is the most trying time in all the world's history. That's what God said about the Great Tribulation. Remember back in Matthew chapter 24, um, where it says, beginning in verse 15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, Stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And, and here we can see how God is highlighting, he's emphasizing the, the awful character of the Great Tribulation. It's unlike any other period of time in previous history, and, and yet we've already gone through the Great Tribulation, the 23 years, from May 21, 1988 through May 21, 2011 
And it wasn't that bad physically. It wasn't physical bloodletting, as some churches teach. But spiritually, it was traumatic. Spiritually, it it was um, severe, great tribulation. Megas, the lipsis, is uh, the Greek words translated great tribulation. It, it was um, a time of trouble that that came upon the people of God. Because at that time of the great tribulation, after almost 2,000 years of being in the midst of the congregations of the world, the Holy Spirit came out. And Satan was loosed uh, since the time he was bound at the cross in 33 AD. And now in the 20th century, in the year 1988, the 13,000th year of Earth's history, he's loosed. The beast descends up out of the sea. And not only was it, was it, uh, extremely traumatic to the children of God to have their earthly house of this tabernacle, the corporate church, um, fall and, and not one stone be left upon another for God to begin judgment at the house of God and, and judge the churches and congregations of the world. That, that was uh, trying. There's no doubt about that. Uh, God's people were accustomed. They were used to going to church and meeting and gathering and, and being under the hearing of the gospel, the word of God, and sitting in the pews, listening to the preacher, being under the authority of elders and deacons and so forth. And it, it, and, and all of a sudden God says, no more, no more. Now you, you have to leave. And, and God commanded. It wasn't, it wasn't a request, but a command. Flee to the mountains. Get out of here right now. And, and some people's families, their, their wives or, or their husbands did not understand. And, and they wanted to stay and remain. Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And, and, and so there was a sword that came into the home itself and, and the word of God divided, uh, this one and that one and, and, uh, it, and some people found themselves alone. No church anymore. No support of the pastor. No support of elders. No support of their own wife. And, and, and yet, out of obedience, because they, they saw as God opened their eyes to see the truth of the word of God, the church age was over, they had to leave. And, uh, and they, it, it was, it was traumatic. It was troubling. So extremely trying. And at the same time, the spirit of God began to withdraw its restraining power from the hearts of men in the world. And the beast was being worshipped. Satan was being worshipped like never before out there in the nations as uh, the the, the uh, people of the world began to um, remove themselves and, and, and to go away from the commandments of God, the law of God. Uh, they more and more the marriage institution became a shambles. Sunday was no longer 
treated as the Sabbath day, but like any other day of the week. And the the uh, hearts of men grew cold as iniquity multiplied across the face of the earth like never before in history. And, and well, the people of God are are vexed by this, the, the righteous soul that God placed within them. That desire to do the will of God also is a desire for perfection and holiness and righteousness. And, and now, wherever they turn, there is something else, some uh, truth no longer regarded, some law of God now disdain. And the attitude, the mindset of people uh, was, which was once, uh, at least even the unsaved had some degree of respect, some degree of honoring to uh, the the word of God and and to those that identified with it. Now they they had no respect whatsoever, complete disrespect for the word of God, for the institution, the church, for any that identify with the word of God. Life began to be full of trouble for the child of God and, and 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 it was great tribulation it was megas the word megas where we get megaphone amplified increased multiplied tribulation and and this is what God's people went through looking towards because the Lord opened up his word and unsealed the scriptures to reveal a wonderful hope that that comforted the people of God, that encouraged their hearts as they looked towards and hasted unto the coming day of God, as God revealed the appointed day of judgment would be May 21, 2011, Judgment Day. And, and so God's people now had hope that, yes, things were bad. Things were growing increasingly uh, worse by the day. Uh, the, the church was gone, and and it, it uh, just seemed completely apostate, completely unfaithful, and, and had gone off uh, in in the direction of uh, darkness. It, there, there was just less and less understanding of the word of God within the churches and congregations and the world had never had any understanding of the truth of the Bible, but their, the world's basic morality was eroding because God's spirit was pulling back. And, and we understood God's preparing the world for judgment. Judgment day is coming. And, and so we look towards that day, May 21, 2011, and then when it came, we we had thought it would occur in a certain way, a physical way, a great physical earthquake, which uh, would signal the uh, the fact that God's wrath was upon the world, and and it would bring about the resurrection of the dead, and God's people would be transported out of the world. It would be the rapture, the resurrection, and judgment day all in one. And, and then we would be gone. We would not be experiencing tribulation or affliction 
or uh, or have our souls vexed any longer with the increased wickedness that was occurring on the earth. And, and so we were looking with intense desire towards that day, and then it did not happen the way that we had thought or expected it would happen. It appeared as if all was wrong. All was incorrect. We we were wrong. There was no great earthquake. There was no day of resurrection or rapture. And we're still here. But the circumstances have not changed. The church is still dead. It's giving no sign of, of life in any way. It's it's far worse than it was before. And, and so we we must be correct. We must have understood the Bible correctly. The church age is over. God hasn't returned to it. And the world has even increased in its wickedness. Uh, we didn't even know that was possible, that, that it could sink uh, lower and deeper into the depths of depravity as it's done. But it's, it's managed to do that. And, and the world has, has gotten even um, more dark. It's a thick darkness that might be felt. And and so all those things are in place that indicate that we were correct. It was the Great Tribulation. And the Bible continued to insist May 21, 2011 was Judgment Day. Well, of course, it's at this point, after May 21, 2011, that God's people really are, as the saying goes, rocked. We, we are, um, tried like never before, with a fiery trial of faith, with a spiritual burning that has begun to, uh, burn away the dross or burn away the wood, hay, and stubble, and, and to even God's elect, there's confusion, there's doubt, there's trouble of mind. What has happened? Where are we, O Lord? What's going on? Are we, um, are we, is the church age over and done with? Uh, well, yes, it must be. Then are we in the Great Tribulation? No, we can't be. And what are we to do? Are we to share the gospel and evangelize unto salvation? Are we to hold back and, and, and just complete chaos almost, complete confusion? Except God is just using the circumstances that the Lord permitted and therefore established himself, God designed it, he is the one who is in control of all these things and causing, in that sense, all things to develop and work out in the way that they did in order to increase the tribulation, increase the affliction, increase the trial of his people. And and God, fully aware of that, says to us in Luke 18, this is really the context of why 
God is, the Lord Jesus is speaking this parable. He says again in verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Always to pray. Always to pray and not to faint. And, uh, you know, men ought, the word ought, is a word that um, really uh, we we tend to read that sometimes as should. It, it, it's, uh, we, we should pray. We should always pray and not faint. Of course, we often do not do what we should. But it's actually a much stronger word than should. It's a word that that means must. Uh, it's uh, Strong's number 1163, and it's often translated as must in Luke chapter 2 and in verse 49, it, uh, speaking of the Lord Jesus um, when he was a, a young boy, it says, And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? I ought, but but the translators translated correctly. I must. Could uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, eternal God in the flesh, no matter what age, do anything but be about his father's business? No, he must. It. Uh, he was completely faithful, completely obedient in all that he was sent to do. So therefore, he must be about his father's business. Also in Luke 24, it says in verse 26, as uh, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, well, in verses 25 and 26, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things or must not Christ to have suffered these things? God declared them. God prophesied of, of the things that Jesus must suffer and, and enter into his glory. And, and, uh, that means it was absolutely necessary. It must have worked out according to the determinate counsel of God. It, it was needful. It was uh, a must that uh, Christ suffer and die in the manner that he did, demonstrating the things that he had done from the foundation of the world. Well, this... Uh, this is the word that God uses here in Luke 18, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men must pray and not faint, especially, especially when the men that are in view are God's elect living on the earth at the end of time in the day of judgment, when the men that God is primarily addressing 
are individuals that have been beaten down and wearied and tried and are, um, as it were, stumbling along in this world, experiencing these severe trials one after another, year after year, for 23 years, and then when they have a great hope of the conclusion of that trial, God brings them into a time that in many ways is even more grievous and more trying. It is the the fiery trial of faith. It is the final test of whether someone is gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. It is a fire that God has put to them. And how are they going to endure? How are they going to make it through? They must pray. Men must always pray. Always pray and not faint. Well, uh, Lord willing, when we get together in our next Bible study, we're, we're going to continue looking at verse 1 and uh, the, the words that God uses there and, and see how uh, he's speaking to us. I know he's speaking to me. And, and also, the Lord has a word of encouragement to us. A word of encouragement that he would speak to us to direct us to keep praying for ourselves, for our family members, for other people. And it uh, really, it shows forth the love of God the kindness of God, the goodness of God, that he would have us to keep praying to him in these kinds of circumstances, circumstances that the people of God have never experienced before until now. And and God's aware of that. that the Lord's aware of the day we're living in. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.